AEW Full Gear is in the books from Los Angeles, and we're glad you're with us for our special Full Gear post-game show, along with Brian Rowett from ESPN West Palm. I'm Jonathan Hood from ESPN Chicago with this special show. This is how the special show works. We say, hey, Brian, you watch a show? Yep, I watch a show. Hood, you watch a show? Yep, I watch a show. And we do a show for you. That's right. <laughs> a pop-up show like this. Don't forget, we're on every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, for uh, Good Karma Wrestling. You can catch us on Twitch and on YouTube and, of course, the podcast as well. Look for Good Karma Wrestling. Subscribe. That way you never miss a show of Good Karma Wrestling. We just yeah, and when you're done listening to us, go check out Gabe on ESPN Radio right now. That's where he is. That's how we're, we're man down. <laughs> yes, we're man down from Gabe because he's finishing up his college football show. But it doesn't mean that uh, we don't give you full gear coverage. Wow, bro. It's all yep. I can tell you is just wow. What do we always say on the show? You you see the show, you see the car, like, hmm, maybe, maybe. But more times than not, it delivers. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, Hangman and Swerve alone – I would have been fine with like I would have given them another hour the way they did it the way they paid off that story that alone makes the night worth it what a match from those two what do we talk about on Thursday on good karma wrestling we talked about you know when you have great promos from both from swerve and from hangman page you hope that it lives up to the billing great build up on Wednesday on dynamite leading into it where Adam page shot a little bit too much on swerve Strickland <laughs> and then what happens what happens is that we get the match that paid off. It was just amazing back-and-forth action. Yeah, literally from the jump. That was the one thing you said. You wanted to see that intensity match. We didn't get a collar and elbow tie-up to start that match. Hangman hit the ring. They were going. They never stopped. Every part of that was so damn good tonight. Okay, so, you know, we've seen Texas death matches before. We've never seen anything quite like that. And it, 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 I mean, ultimately, it was a last-man-standing match. That's the right. way it was. But... Bro, it's just watching this. I mean, they went above and beyond to be able to get the match of the night, and that's exactly what it was. I mean, we've seen seen bloody, we've seen gory before, but what those two did, they had time to be able to build this thing. And you talk about from glass to, ch to chains <laughs> to something we have not seen a lot of uh, in 2023 of of hanging a hangman. Yes. Um, that was a, that was a step a little bit further than I thought they would go. Yeah, and even just some of the spots, like the the dead eye through the table on Nana, like just some of the little things, even Nana's involvement in the night, the way he kept the match alive, still able to do the dance stuff, like it just felt perfect. Everything they did in that match just felt perfect tonight. Did you say the dance stuff from? Yeah, it, it added to it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, I've been in, in not necessarily street brawls, but I've been in peril before. The last thing I think about is maybe doing a dance if I feel like I'm going to get knocked down. A little dance. If I do that, maybe he'll let me go. That was not the case. Yeah, you never know. you got to try whatever you got in that situation. Okay, so what spot in that match shocked you more? Because there was glass involved. Uh -huh. There was a hanging. And again, this is something commonplace in the 80s. You, just, you don't see that as much for a reason in 2023. Um, we saw, you know, obviously the... The table and the barbed wire. What surprised you the most? There also was a pile driver on like the guardrail where they slipped a little bit. That was a little dangerous. To me, though, the glass, because you didn't have time to digest it. Like, oh, that's glass. And then all of a sudden, hang, or Swerve hits that move on top of it. Oh. And all of a sudden, you had that happen. It's like, oh, because when we saw the bag and Taz even alluded to it, it's like, oh, we're going to have thumbtacks again. And we've talked about where AEW might have overdone the thumbtacks for a little. And it's like, oh, that isn't thumbtacks, and then sort of flipping onto it. So that was the one that was like, 
oh, what are we watching right now? Yeah, okay, so here's the story. Okay, so you have Swerve Strickland and you have Nana going into the home of Adam Page, you know, and his babies there. And so, okay, on the other side, you have Page with that promo. Okay, what is the culmination? What is that supposed to look like? Right. It should look like that. And so usually we are so used to not that not paying off, but ultimately that Texas death match, and it just in this AEW just keeps raising the bar. It's the best Texas death match I've ever seen. Yeah. Once again, and like they paid off and they delivered. Yeah, a hundred percent. That was the thing because this feud has been so good every part of it. And ultimately, the one thing we even talked about on Thursday, Swerve winning means a lot. Like the fact that Swerve is two and zero now, he needs to be in the world title picture. This wasn't some fifty fifty booking. Like that meant a lot to me as a fan, just seeing Swerve being able to get a win yet again. Yeah, GKW underscore wrestling. We have a poll question up right now. What was your letter grade for the event? You know, A, B, C. Actually, there was no D because it wasn't bad as a D. So it was like A, B, C, and I believe there's C and C minus. Uh, that's on there as well because it's just that good. I, I'll tell you what, Brian, I didn't expect this to be the best match. I thought it would have – I was hoping it would have meaning. But, man, I, I would agree with you. And I tweeted out on our account, like, hey, Tony Khan, it's time now. Like, all the speculation that Swerve's a good wrestler for the Indies, Swerve's a good middle-of-the-road wrestler. No, he should be right there with Samoa Joe and whomever, yep. or Jay White, everybody else, and, and, and um, others for the world title pitcher. 100%. Like, he has shown everything that he does on the mic, in the ring. The embassy stuff doesn't feel necessary anymore, and maybe that's the next step is him breaking away from them. But everything he does is a home run, and the next step needs to be that world title picture. We wondered where Will Ospreay would go. That's also part of our Good Karma Wrestling show we do every Thursday, and we were wondering, you know, would it be WWE? Would it be AEW? Impact Wrestling? I mean, Will Ospreay said many times since Bound for Glory, yeah, man, I grew up watching Impact Wrestling. And that was during a time where it was worth watching, right? Right. Because you had bang of the matches. We're talking about AJ Styles and others in that era. So I can understand why he would have an affinity for that company. But there's something that happened, Brian, like, you know, he said, I could be an Impact guy. And I'm sure Impact and TNA was pretty happy to hear that. But ultimately, as we saw in the ring with Tony Schiavone, that bruv is coming to (laughs) AEW. And also, as the report's coming out, his New Japan deal not up yet. And he even said on the mic tonight, he's like, hey, I'm going to finish up in Japan and then I'll be all elite. But that's a win for Tony Khan. I saw people pointing out where... He's gotten some names. You know, Adam Copeland's a big deal. He's getting Christian over there. But this is one of the first, like, big-time free agents that could have gone to WWE that isn't over the hill, that is a legit free agent star. And Tony Khan won, and I think that's a huge win for AEW tonight. I think that any free agent has to weigh this. they got to figure out this. Okay, do I want to be on the road, you know, for for 200, 250-plus days? You know, like WWE tonight was in Tupelo. (laughs) It was in Tupelo, Mississippi tonight against this pay-per-view, right? Do you want to do that? You still get paid handsomely. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. But the point is, though, is that this is a lighter schedule. There's a lot of acclaim because you're on pay-per-view. You're on Warner Brothers Discovery. That does mean something still in 2023 that you have TV time. But it's not like you're on the road. And I think that a lot of these people come to AEW and feeling, Hmm, lighter schedule, but yet banger matches. Yeah, I can handle that that, that um, life uh, and work balance yeah. doing this AW schedule. 
I mean, SRS put out in his report that Osprey is still going to live in the UK for an extended period of time. So it's not like we're going to see him on Dynamite every week, on Collision every week. But we know when we do see him, there is a roster full of guys that he can go with. And he is going to do that. And that's what Will Osprey does. I'm excited to see him there because Osprey and WWE, like, I don't know. Like, yes, we would have gotten a banger here and there. But then also we got him versus Tazawa in a five-minute Raw match. Like, this is the way to go. Whoever he's in the ring with, it's instantly, I'll say, a four-star match. I'm pumped to see Osprey in AEW. Yeah, and just to our account, GKW underscore wrestling, we also have retweeted the media scrum that's happening right now at AEW. MJF, as we speak right now, is speaking uh, with the media. Well, actually, sorry. It's MJF with Tony Khan next to him uh, speaking with the media. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Tony's got to be right there on the yeah. lap of every superstar in AEW. So I beg your pardon. It's MJF and Tony Khan right. uh, meeting the media right now. And by the way, if you want to see the the screed of Brian Rhodes' uh, dream matches with Will Ospreay, <laughs> it's on Twitter right now. You can check it out. He's got about 25 matches uh-huh. that he wants to see. Let's go. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's awesome. Main event, MJF against Jay White. And so... We have been talking about the build for this, like, oh, the heavyweight champion hasn't had his championship in eight weeks or whatever, right? If nothing else for me, Brian, this builds Jay White even more so. He was uh, he was fantastic, as you and I know, in New Japan. And then just this whole thing with MJF and the circle uh, trying to get the championship, uh, the match you knew was going to have a lot of craziness and Michigas because you got outside interference here and got a lot. So we knew it was going to be a kind of schmazzy. But ultimately, MJF comes out the victor, and for 365 days, the heavyweight champion, AEW. Yeah, I think we knew it was going to go to World's End, and you know, ultimately, he's going to be the champion in Long Island. To me, though, like, and maybe it's because it was after Hangman versus Swerve, the main event sort of missed. Like, it was a WWE-esque match, which, like we said, we knew it was going to be like that. But then to not have anything after, to not have any sort of devil appearance, to not have any of the Samoa Joe, Wardlow, like anything else to further along that this title is so coveted and just end with him and Cole on the top of the stage, it felt like a letdown to end the night to me. Yeah, I I think that what I was thinking about the whole time is like after Paige and Swerve Strickland, I just, even other matches that were on, like the... uh, the Golden Jets and the Young yeah. Bucks, I still was thinking about that Texas death match. Right. <laughs> you know, I was still thinking, like, nothing against those four. It was a fine match. Yeah. You knew they were going to get a lot of time because those are the EVPs of the company with Jericho, one of the guys who started the company, so they were going to get time. But I kept thinking about that Texas death match and how awesome that was and how crazy it was. The heavyweight championship match. Well, real quick on that, though, on that yeah. tag match, I saw you tweet out that it was a good match. I had to almost reflect, like, what did I miss there? Like, I was like, I barely like was into that match. I wasn't into it at all. And it might've been because of the death match. I was like, was that a good match? Like, I don't know. But yeah, that's yeah. just about that tag match. No, it was solid. It was okay. a solid match. Just what you thought. I mean, it, it it's funny because the young bucks have taken an old Chris Jericho page out of this yeah. book. Cause now they're, <laughs> taking the, a chair and taking it to the steel post and they're having a fit. And I'm like, oh, where have I seen this before? Oh, Chris Jericho. He did that yeah. WW. I think he did WCW, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I think um, I saw screenshots of a Nitro of him doing it. Yeah, so, I mean, they just took out of his book because I don't, have never seen them do that before. Jericho did that, so it's almost like Chris said, hey, why don't you do the tantrum spot? People <laughs> love that. Okay, great. Right. No, I, I thought that the heavyweight championship match is exactly what I thought it was going to be because... Okay, the the ridiculousness in this, hey, shame on me, didn't watch the buy-in. 
right. didn't watch it. Didn't uh, oh. I, tu- I? I tuned in at seven central, so I tuned in right when the show started, and I found out this whole thing with MJF and going into the ambulance. And it's like Adam Cole was never going to wrestle. Clearly, and you knew MJF was going to come back in triumphant fashion, and he did. But I mean, the story's told like that knee. And actually, I'll take it a step further. You know, anytime that MJF has got a problem, heel or baby faces that knee, he's got some kind of generational issue with that knee. Have you seen this in matches before <laughs> with the knee? So it happened again, and Jay White took advantage of it. And so you knew that was going to be the story. MJF won. Uh, but there was so many twists and turns in that too, right? I mean, so many opportunities. The door was open for Jay White to win, and he fell short. Yep, no, that's true. And I think, you know, obviously there's wrestling logic, but uh, shout out to Britt Baker for tweeting this out earlier. Mm. I still want to know why 20 bodies tried to stop Max from getting in the ring, but the dude with crutches from two ankle surgeries got a whole ass unbothered entrance. (laughs) So (laughs) there's that. (laughs) Poking holes in the logic. (laughs) But I just feel like the end, like we've talked so much about the devil aspect and whether that was going to be tonight. And I feel like most people thought that was going to be tonight. You could have ended the show, done the match, he gets the win, those false finishes, they had me hooked. I thought Jay Wright was legit going to win it a couple times. But, like, why not lights go out, Adam Cole's laid out, and the devil's on the screen just looking over it. Hmm. And then we move on from there. And then, hey, tune in Wednesday. Like, just give me something from that story that they gave us absolutely nothing from tonight. Yeah, they shut down the, the whole devil gimmick, didn't they? They shut the whole thing down. But I don't get it. Like, wh- So then we're going to see it again on Wednesday? Like, I just don't understand that logic part of it. Well, Brian, here's what you don't understand about professional wrestling. You okay. see, the devil gimmick is only a Wednesday staple. Uh, it's not a pay-per-view staple, you see. Got it. DraftKings I was not, not aware of those rules. Yes, DraftKings does not want a devil on their... <laughs> you see, the whole devil thing is only a Wednesday and Friday uh, and Saturday deal. It is not a pay-per-view deal, you see. But see, then even if you don't want to include that, like, give me Joe, Wardlow, Swerve, all those guys standing at the top just looking at a beaten up MJF saying, like, hey, we're next. Like, just continue to move that along. Like, I just felt it was missing something in the main event. Since you're telling stories anyway throughout the pay-per-view along with the action, keep that going, too. Yeah, 100%. Like, you could have done so much there that they just didn't. And like I said, it was a WWS main event which is fine. MJF as a baby face, like it works. It continues to work. And now we move forward to Long Island and we move forward to the bidding war and all that sort of stuff. But I'll throw it back at you. Who is he main eventing with in Long Island? MJF. Because he's going to be super over. He's going to be a hell of a baby face that night. And he's got to wrestle, right? I would think so. (laughs) That's a tough one. And I'm trying to figure out between now and the end of December, when that show happens, will someone uh-huh. materialize like a Samoa Joe? Like, right. there's no, I don't see a rematch with Jay White because that was already a, a really, you know, good match. But, you know, that can't be Wardlow. That, to me, I no, feel like yet. the championship changes in Long Island. And they put it on Joe. Because remember the whole thing with Joe is he filled in, he helped defend the tag title, so now he gets a rematch. So you see Joe as world champion N23. Don't you? I mean, I mean, think about I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Think about everyone going after him. Okay. Right. And Joe's always there in the picture. Look at it. Let's look at the roster. Everyone's got their own thing going. And MJF, yes, right. I mean, even Kenny Omega has cooled off out of that picture. He was right there and now he's backed off now because now he's dealing with the young bucks. That that thing is not over yet. 
And so it's no. still Joe, it's still Wardlow. You know, um, Bullet Club Gold, Jay White was going to have something to say. I don't think he'll they'll have a rematch for it. But, I mean, it seems likely, if I had DraftKings money on it, uh, <laughs> I would bet that it would be Samoa Joe. Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with that. And I think that's the thing. Like, it, There's going to be that intrigue. It's going to be the, the Cena Punk angle of, hey, is he going to leave with the title? You don't know what's going to happen there. He's going to be so over, and it should be fun to see what they build towards over the next month or so. My good friend Tony Khan listens to Good Karma Wrestling, and you know why he listens to Good Karma Wrestling on his many like his many flights, you know, with to <laughs> Fulham and Jacksonville Jaguars and AEW Wrestling. You know why he does? Because he listens and knows that we want to change in the women's division, and we got it twice. That's doing yes. it right, bro. It's they did it right. You got Tony Storm as one champion. And the other champion is Julia Hart. That's exactly what we yeah. wanted. That's the thing. And the TBS title we talked about on Thursday, like the story, something was missing there. I thought that match delivered tonight. Like I had fun watching that match tonight. Yeah. So first of all, when it took for Tony Storm, the uh, horrible, horrible, horrible close that match against uh, yeah. Yoshida. I, I don't know what they were trying to do, with, but the point is, though, is that whatever that bedpan was sticking out of her ass, <laughs> her beautiful ass, whatever it was, that, that that little bedpan thing, that gimmick did not work. As you saw her in the corner trying to adjust it as if she was <laughs> trying to put something up there, um, she, she it was still falling out of her backside. Like, whatever that was, that was not good. I'm happy that she won, but that finish was the shits. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like that match, like it could have delivered, but they've done so much with story, and even that the Tony Storm story. Not so much the Tony versus Sheeta story, yeah. but the Tony Storm story. Now that has a belt, a different element there. Like, yes, the women's division getting some time. I felt bad for the triple threat match. They had to finish. They had to follow that ladder match and all those spots. Yeah. But I think overall they were able to shine. I think a good job on both women's matches tonight. So happy for Julia Hart. I mean, she's worked mm-hmm. so hard. Still in her early twenties, and for- she's twenty-two. Oh. Not early twenties, twenty-two. <laughs> that's just amazing that she could. Can- yeah. But but here's why that's amazing. People are just like, oh, she just turned babyface to heel. You know, she was a cheerleader for Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison. No, 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 no. At twenty-two, someone had. I mean, in her before she was twenty-two. Someone right. went to her and said, okay, we want you to be this evil character, and we got this music for you, and you have to be a dark character. Like, for some young people, they don't get that right away, right? Right. Like, they're not telling her, hey, put on Undertaker films. They're just saying, hey, you know, whatever scary move, teen movie that you've seen, you got to be that. Okay, Yeah. put on this hat that lights up and then go for it. And even, like, from the start, you mentioned her being a cheerleader. That's one of those gimmicks that, you know – 80s WWF gimmicks. Like, you're dead on arrival there. You look at the three of them. Griff, I think, still works in AEW. Yes. Pillman's moved on and gets shit on in NXT. And for her to take it to this level, like, that says a lot about her, and especially at such a young age. And with Tony Storm, this is a gimmick where it's just like, you know what? They've got nothing for me. I'm just going to do this. And yeah. all of a sudden, she she turns black, she had the black and white film, all the vignettes, and she's so deserving of this championship. What I want to see is for her championship to be like like a nickel or something that's black and white. It had, that title can't have color. It has to be a new title that looks like something from the 50s. I need to see that now. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that because I think the thing now we need to see, 
that women's title has been very up and down. And I feel like the champions are ultimately when the storytelling ends with the women's division recently. Like, whoever wins the title is like, oh, whatever now. Like, they sort of cool them off going back to, you know, the last few champions. So if they can take this title, keep it fresh, have someone chasing her. You know, they're doing this stuff with her, the uh, the fan, I'm blanking on her name now, who came over from stardom. Yes. But, like, there's stuff they can do there, and hopefully we see that, you know, take to the next level. Uh, I think there's a better way for um, Darby Allen to tell Los Angeles this is Sting's last match. Without, <laughs> nah. for, I mean, I mean, I think LA might have figured that out, but just the <laughs> idea that Darby Allen, well, I tell you, I tell you tongue in cheek, boy, the WWE's got so much to edit <laughs> when they get their tapes. Anyway, so <laughs> I mean, hey, F, hey, this is that. Sting's effing last time in California. Get up, get up. All right. Okay, I think they understand that. All right. You right. don't have to do that. But it is Sting's last time in Los Angeles. That's at six man, where apparently, um, God, I mean, watching Sting out there still looks timeless out there. Darby Allen, yep. Adam Copeland, Christian Cage. And the story continues because Adam Copeland hasn't been able to get to Christian Cage. So that extends that story. Yep, good job with that. They continue to protect Sting. Good job that Ric Flair did not take a bump. I was a little worried there when he started throwing the chops. I was like, oh, no, like, is Christian going to slam him? So just a low blow. So another night avoided of Ric Flair dying in the ring. So that's always a win. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. <laughs> For him to even just take an eye poke, that's pathetic. I mean, what? I mean, get out of the there. Eye. He barely get down the ramp. I mean, just, I mean, there's no need for any of this, Rick, for God's sakes. It's going to be Flair Sting. That's the last match, oh. right? That's what we're building towards. <laughs> Is that like, revolution? That's the path we're on. <laughs> yes. Is that revolution? Sting Flair? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Do they have 60? Broadway it? Oh, jeez. <laughs> hey, don't give Tony Khan any, uh, <laughs> any ideas. Please don't do that because he says yes to everything, doesn't he? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anything else that stands out about this show, that AWA, I'll tell you what, we know, I can't say it surprised me, but just that Starks and Bill won uh, that um, that four-way. Uh, you know what, what came out of this for me, bro, it was I need badly to see Roosh against Brody King. I need yes, this. I'd be fine with that. I need it badly. I mean, I, mean, so I, that, yeah. I need it yesterday. I'm on board with that. That match, you know, just sort of felt thrown together. I feel like the ladder stipulation was just added yesterday, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we got what we expected. Some of those matches, House of Black always delivers. Like, we've already praised Julia Hart. Brody King doing the spots in that match. I know you mentioned you didn't watch Zero Hour. Buddy versus Claudio. As you can imagine, that match delivered. Like, all House of Black does is put on bangers whenever they're in the ring. I want to see them on my TV every week. I gotta go back and watch that. That's on me. Yeah, hundred percent. But you know, for you and I, we're both big college football fans. So uh-huh. you know, my Georgia Bulldogs got it done easily against Sloppy Top, Tennessee. So I, uh-huh. I was watching that. So I didn't have time for the, but I had time when the show started. But we had to watch all the college football, and, and I know you locked it on Florida State. So uh, dealing with that depression as watching those matches. <laughs> Jordan Travis needs to go see Aaron Rodgers' doctors, and hopefully he's good to go for the playoff. Oh, my God. That's rough. <laughs> rough, man. Yeah. I... Just turn the foot back. They're fine. Oh, don't want to see that injury again. That was so bad. Well, uh, and so oh, we got to mention Orange Cassidy against John Moxley. So, again, we talk about story, right? 
So on, yep. on Thursday's edition, again, if you're just jumping in, Good Karma Wrestling every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. That's when we're on live uh, with Gabe, Brian, and yours truly. We talked about Orange Cassidy, and the setup was that Orange Cassidy can't use that punch. It's something with John Moxley's jaw, and he's so tough that just one orange punch wasn't enough. Well, John Moxley said, you know what? I'll lose, brother, but you got to hit me with that punch 10 times, and then I'll lose. What a farce. Right. Yeah, that match, I don't know. I guess because it was so good the first time around, like it did not live up to that first match. Where with Hangman and Swerve, I think they topped the first one. I'm glad Orange got the win. I feel like Mox goes away from that title now and goes do, does some other things. But an okay match. But it definitely didn't live up to the first one for me. I mean, it's and we saw the first one together in Chicago, right? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it was second on the card. Yeah, because I'm watching the replays on right now. So it was a second, it was second on the card. So yeah. it's like, it wasn't going to be a, you know, 30 minute classic. Right. But I mean, and this was the show that actually had a little bit of wiggle room. They ended it before midnight Eastern. There was like 10 minutes early. I was like, <laughs> Hey, look at them. <laughs> I, so. I just, uh, I was surprised that match was second. I thought that was a little bit lo- going to be lower in the card yeah. because it's John Moxley. Cause you know, I know he has the ear of everybody in the company, but you know, <laughs> It was fine for what it was. I think that just yeah. just strengthens Orange Cassidy as this international champion. He's a little bit different character because the little stomps, the little kicks are have a, a little bit more demonstrative now than they were before, aren't they? Well, the, yeah, I agree. And the thing with that title, which I don't know if we go the same path with him defending every week, the announcement tonight that there's going to be another new title, the Continental title. Not the Intercontinental, just the Continental. So let's talk about this for a second. Okay. <laughs> Now, who said that? Who said it was... Eddie did first. Who did? Eddie Kingston, because he's putting up his two belts, so therefore the winner is going to have three titles at the end of this round-robin tournament. Okay. I did see that promo, I, and it's it's Eddie Kingston, so I thought he misspoke. Agreed. Completely same boat. Brother, please don't tell me that's a championship. Just tell me that's like... It's kind of like the, the Owen tournament, right? You're the winner, but that's... you don't roll out with a belt every week. That's what I thought, but then Tony sent out a tweet, let me just pull it up here now, where he also insinuated that it was going to be a belt. Here, the Continental Classic starts this week, Wednesday, Thanksgiving, AEW Dynamite, 12 fighters, no interference, nobody at ringside. The winner becomes AEW Continental Champion, Ring of Honor World Champion, and New Japan Strong Openweight Champion, a new Triple Crown Champion at World's End. I, I don't understand. So maybe there's still some wiggle room that, yes, maybe it's just a trophy and not a belt, but doesn't feel like that. If that is a championship belt that someone carries, <laughs> that is just, it's it's so watered down then. Yeah. You want your championships to matter. Like the AEW championship, it was hot and cold. And I can already predict, I already predict from Brian Rowitz. 365 days of MJF. What kind of title reign has this been? Or your thoughts? Inside? I know it's going to be some kind of question about that uh, for our Thursday edition. But what I'm thinking is, is that you have to have your championships matter. The championships that matter right now that are hot is the, M- the MJF Heavyweight Championship. Uh-huh. Orange Cassidy, once again, is the interna- international champion. Because that guy had the workman title the first time he had this, right? He has it again. I still think he's going to be Mr. Rampage and Mr. Dynamite. He's going to roll out there with 15-minute classics. Right. And then 
the tag team championships with Bill and Ricky Starks. I mean, it, it feels so much like Shawn Michaels and Diesel to me. Right. It does. It has that feeling like, you know, once they break up when the tag team championships, this will elevate Ricky Starks more. And Big Bill will still be at a certain level, but it feels like little man, big man, like D, like Big Bill is, is protecting Ricky Starks. So I don't see them as tag team champions or legit tag team champions. Make sense? Yeah, no, I agree. Those belts are cold. And I even say the TNT title is cold. Like as over as Christian is as a heel, you forget that he's the champion. Yes, because it hasn't been singles matches. It's been tag team matches with Luchasaurus or being part of this like little family he's got put together now. Right. So, yeah. So let's throw another belt in the mix. And then also you'll have the random shows where belts from other companies are defended and we're supposed to care about. Like the ROH stuff. Right. Yes. At least they own that company. I'm talking about the Mexican companies oh, and the New Japan stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, well, hopefully. It's just a trophy, but we know Brian Danielson's in it, Eddie Kingston's in it, Mark Briscoe, Andrade, and that's it. Their fifth one. That's it. Okay, so we're at four, right? Yeah, that's it. So that should be Andrade's title. Uh, he sent out a tweet today. Two and a half years in the company, he's been on two pay per views, so he seems to be very happy. Uh, not yet. He's pissed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, listen. When you he's right. When you get all these wrestlers, it's hard to get everybody over. You know. Uh huh. Give me tell you tell you what. Give me half that roster, and I can out and I can outdo AEW. Let me pro- <laughs> I agree. Let's you and I promote it. Just give me half the roster. Let's like choose up sides. Tony can have sure. his, and we can have ours. And just like, <laughs> but they would never be on AEW. We'd find a platform for them, and I bet you I can get them over. All these people are sitting in catering or on collision. I bet you. <laughs> I bet you we could have a banger of a company. I agree. I'd be on board with that. <laughs> that might be some, that might be an exercise we do on the show. Like there just, we go. Like choose up sides <laughs> and see whose roster is better because there's plenty of talent just sitting there. Like I'm on TV, but I'm not on the pay per view, which what it really matters when you get money, right? Uh huh. So I don't know. No, I'm just there, just a guy. I don't know, bro. It's I, I really enjoyed this full gear show. I knew that I would, but my takeaway is that Paige and Strickland stole the show. It's not even about time. It's just about action and just like the wow factor, right? Yep. And the storytelling and the emotion, everything they did, it capped off that story. I think it's the end of the story now, but just a hell of a job by those two tonight. And MJF is still... Uh, AEW champion for now. We'll see what happens in the pay-per-view on Long Island on December 30th. All right. Don't yeah, for- we're on the path there. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube, youtube.com. Look for Good Karma Wrestling there, uh, as well as our podcast, and follow us along at GKW underscore wrestling. We'll give you plenty of the fallout from um, Full Gear. And don't forget, for those of you that are wondering, hey, will there be a show on Thursday? Oh, sure, sure. Thanksgiving, <laughs> sure. We'll be there. We'll give you all you need to know about Survivor Series because that's coming to Chicago. We'll preview that and look for and uh, talk more about what's happening with Full Gear on our next edition of Good Karma Wrestling. Uh, oh, by the way, a, a late note uh, from YouTube. A late note is, is checked in. Oh, 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 what we got? Real Taker says, as good as Paige versus Strickland was, uh, they went full on Moxley. Yes. They went beyond Moxley. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They were they were they bled more than Moxley. Moxley said that's right. a little bit too much. That's, <laughs> right. that's, that's like guys, what are we doing here? <laughs> he, he he was appalled 
as he was watching for the monitor, like, boy, those guys are bleeding a lot. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what Strickland did, boy, oh boy, I mean, he hit a gusher. Yes, oh. he did. Oh, doctor, who takes staples to the chest? Yes. And to the face, he had paintings stapled to the face, children's paintings. Yes. I imagine Adam Page, you being Adam Page as a wrestler, taking your kids' paintings, their colorings, and bringing it to the ring and stapling it to your partner. It, how indirectic is that? Oh, so good. <laughs> Shout out to those guys. <laughs> it just, wow, what a show. Uh -huh. and, and what a match. Match of the year, uh, to me, one of the matches of the year, Strickland Page. And we'll talk more about it. Good karma wrestling. For Broads, I'm Jay Hood. And for Gabe Knight, so wherever you are covering Boise State, <laughs> the late night college football, whatever you're watching, Gabe, you missed a great pay-per-view. We all saw it. Uh, give us your thoughts and give us your letter grades for this show. GKW underscore wrestling. We'll see you Thursday for another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. So long, everybody. <laughs>